and I put so much pressure on myself to like write about things that I you know think are important to me and it was torture like I hated it I found it really stressful um I was getting writer's block that I very rarely get and I was really angry because I was like I have I've written 12 articles sometimes in a day like I've wow. pumped this stuff out Welcome to the Spicy Chai Podcast. I'm Mara Kimthias. I host this podcast and still work a successful and fulfilling nine to five. My guests are content creators just a bit ahead of you. You will hear about their struggles and wins. Learn from their mistakes so that you can avoid making them. So grab a cup of spicy chai and let's get started. Today's guest has experience working on projects that span Africa, Latin America, and South Pacific. One of her missions is to protect the Amazon from deforestation before it's too late. How cool. Before all of this work, though, she was a ghostwriter for a number of Latin American venture capitalists and entrepreneurs, where her work was published in platforms such as Forbes and Entrepreneur. Wow. She is currently a blog writer and active on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, with over 2,000 followers across all platforms. Very excited to have you on today, Sophia. Thanks so much for having me. 100%. Happy to have you here. Oh, my God. Um, I'm having like a brain freeze because we had a like crazy cricket game this morning. I was telling you about this earlier before we started recording. And throughout, I was like, oh, my God, don't slip, don't slip, don't slip. And I feel like that's kind of come into this podcast, but it is what it is. So tell me a bit about your journey. What got you started on content creation? What's your story? It's a, wild, yeah, it's a bit of a wild yeah. journey, to be honest. So I'll try to neatly package it into the content. When I was graduating from college, I ended up working with uh, uh, the company I work for now, um, doing conservation in Fiji. That's the South Pacific part for a short period of time. Um, and when I got back, I wasn't entirely sure what I was going to do next. I'd literally just graduated. Um, but I was in touch with a college classmate of mine who had just moved back to Colombia to start a startup, a travel startup to bring people down to Colombia and learn about entrepreneurship. I was super excited about what he was doing. And I actually applied to be his marketing intern. And he turned me down because I had no experience in that. I studied political science um, and I've always loved writing, but I didn't have any like content marketing experience at all. And I was so adamant that I would work with this guy because uh, I thought his idea was so cool that I asked him, like, how can I get this experience? He sent me the HubSpot uh, inbound marketing course. I took it in like three days because I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, and so I went back to him and being like, hi, I took the course. What's next? And he was like, OK, take this other course. So I did that, too. And so finally, after all of that, he was like, all right, this girl just won't go away. So um, I started writing from home and I actually like long story short, ended up as co-founder of that startup and moved to Columbia. Amazing. And um, the next part of that move was I needed a place to stay. And another graduate from my university offered me a place in her apartment in exchange for interning for her digital marketing company. Um, and so I learned everything from her and her business partner. They were doing really cool stuff, um, helping Latin American startups, um, get traction in the U S market. So helping with English language marketing mostly. And I worked with them for the next two years, three years almost. Um, so really all of the, I think all the credit goes to them for teaching me everything that I know. No, wow. That, that is like so many twists and turns there. And you said a lot of good things there that I want to kind of dig deeper into. 
Uh, one thing you said you had a background in political science, but you always loved writing. Uh, can you talk a bit more about that? Where did that love of writing come from? I, I don't know where it came from, but honestly, like if you ask my mom, if you go down to my basement now, like it's full of my writing, like to a point that's a little bit embarrassing. She likes to say it was very prolific. There's like illustrated books, poetry, whole journals full of like random stories about animals. I was really into animals too. Like every poem was about animals, but I just would spend my time writing. I remember, I don't know how I didn't get nauseous, but I remember sometimes when I was a kid, when I learned about like short stories, I would sit on my like horrifically enormous Lenovo laptop ThinkPad that I had and write in the car, short stories, whatever, just for fun. And I think I lost a bit of that when I was in college and I had to write a lot more, not for fun. But I like, I think I just really, really always enjoyed it. I don't know where, what sparked it, but it definitely was one of those things that was kind of like naturally burst out of my soul. Yeah. And how does that translate into blogging? So you always were a writer, then you did some writing in college. How do you think that helped you become a blogger or the, how do you think that translates? I feel like with blogging, I've spent like the entire time that I've had my own personal blog, like trying to get back in touch with that kid in me who like loved to write and had no fear of writing like the randomest, weirdest, craziest things. Um, I really got into blogging when I moved to Chile, when I studied abroad, I thought I would keep a blog just to like, you know, advise, basically tell my dad's friends that I was okay. Um, and uh, I didn't tell many people start. (laughs) Yes. Very few people following me. Um, it was like a blogspot or WordPress, like very simple blog. And I would write every once in a while, like pressured myself a ton to write. And I go back and read those blogs and they're very like guarded and they're very um, afraid of being vulnerable. Like I kind of undermine myself constantly. I was 19, but I wrote a ton. Like I went through this recently and I've been trying to actually gather some of those old blogs and put them on my current medium because they're kind of like lost in cyberspace right now. And I was like, I don't know when I found the time to write this much. Like I wrote hundreds of blogs uh, about random things. Um, And I actually think the craziest thing is like, I started blogging again when I moved back to Chile to start working in this VC firm. And I, when I started writing my medium, I never like went back and looked at that old blog, but I actually had two or three blogs that were like practically the same two or three years apart. Wow. Apparently I was still thinking about the same things. <laughs> and you know, that's interesting because I feel the same uh, in general. Like I feel like I, I journal a lot every day and I feel like if I read my journals from a year back, which I rarely do, but once in a while you get curious because I've changed journals and then I go back to an old journal kind of wear like that. Yeah. I've noticed my thoughts remain similar like you know and there's a similar theme and there's similar pattern and i've noticed that about my content you know if i go back to a year uh in tiktok and i'm like ooh, look i had this idea to create this video but i've kind of created a video similar to that a year back so that that's kind of really interesting that you had a similar experience you said that blogging was a childhood thing uh it brought back the child in you has that changed now that you are taking blogging a bit more seriously? Like, you know, trying to write blogs, finding things in cyber uh, space and putting them together. Has that changed at all? I actually think like the practice of going back to my blog from Chile has been like me trying to get back to the way I was writing more freely when I was younger and trying to actually like half of what I'm doing when I take these blogs and put them on Medium is just like edit out all of the like random Sophia subtext in there that's like this is 
too strong of a statement. You are probably going to think that I'm ridiculous for saying this. That's like one kind of gets to the point where you realize that that's unnecessary to like undermine yourself. Um, it can be really hard, but I think like a lot of me has been like, no, stand behind what you say. And, you know, people are going to hate it no matter what. So, um, <laughs> you know, they'll love it too, but some people yeah. are going to hate it no matter what. Um, and you can't like avoid that by just kind of going in lukewarm. Um, and that's been really important because I think, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, like I kind of really slowed down my freelancing because I was freelancing for a really long time and was like, I'm going to start my medium blog. This is my own thing. I'm, you know, going to see where it goes. And I put so much pressure on myself to like write about things that I, you know, think are important to me. And it was torture. Like I hated it. I found it really stressful. Um, I was getting writer's block that I very rarely get. And I was really angry because I was like, I have, I've written 12 articles sometimes in a day. Like I've wow. pumped this stuff out yeah. when it's been for work. And now I'm sitting here on a topic that I know a lot about. And these work articles were like about auto tech or something like that. I knew nothing about. And I'm here sitting like in front of my computer all the time in the world topic that I love. And I'm like, nothing coming. So I had to do like a bit of a restructuring of my own approach towards blogging because the forcing myself isn't working anymore. Right. And that's something I really want to dig further into because writer's block is a thing, especially for people like you mentioned earlier that you went from writing your thoughts freely to, you know, then filtering out some of it and then realizing, okay, fuck that. We're not going to filter out anything. We're just going to post what, we're, what we want to post. And exactly. it's interesting that you were able to do 12 articles for work, but then when it came to something that you wanted to write, you were unable to do that. So can you break that down for us? What did that look like in that moment when you were unable to do that? Well, what was that day looking like for you? Well, I think, you know, I've literally written again, twice the same article, slightly different about like getting through writer's block. If you go through my, my medium and then also my like other blog and I've, had a really good system for dealing with it in the past, which, which worked for me for work, like always like to exercise first thing in the morning, I'm a total morning person, listen to one or two podcasts in the morning, it doesn't actually really matter too much what they are, I've noticed, like it can be something that makes me laugh, it can be something that makes me think, but like get some content into my brain first thing. And then like, I think honestly, one of the best pieces of writing advice I ever got was from one of my thesis advisors who was like, you know, writing, especially long pieces is like a competitive sport. And you don't go into that without warming up. Like you don't just hop in and like write your thesis. You know, you have to start like doing the smallest possible pieces of writing that you can do. So like edit your citations or fix a couple of quotes, like edit two or three sentences or two or three paragraphs that you finished off yesterday. And then you can like actually get into your brain thinking in writing terms. So I've always found that really, really helpful to me. And I've kind of like expanded out to sometimes it even works like writing a couple of emails, not usually, but you know, sometimes yeah. it'll get you going. And so I've tried like, you know, basically me sitting in my in front of my computer, like gone for my run. I've listened to my podcasts. Like I've had a cup of coffee. I've had a good breakfast. I'm, you know, my most productive hour of the morning. I you know, reread an old blog and edited four sentences of it. And I'm right here going like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally hear that. Totally hear that. And, uh, you know, like uh, I was going through something similar two years ago and I had to read that book word by word. Have you read that one? No. 
I love that book. I don't know. I don't remember the author. I'm horrible with author names, but I, I remember like for one thing that was mentioned, there's a lot of things that were mentioned in the book and I read too many to like really remember all, everything. But um, the one thing that you mentioned was writing your shittiest draft. And that somehow has really yeah. helped me weirdly enough. And I'm like, all right, nothing's coming out. Okay. Same thing with video, same thing with audio. Nothing's happening. Okay, how can I make the worst possible draft? Like, you know, and weirdly enough, a lot of times I start end up posting that stuff. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just like, all right, shit, shit, shit. Like, you know, goes back to my master in disaster philosophy, like total disaster. Let's post it. What's the worst? So I don't know. That's something that I feel like helped me a lot during Rice Block. And there's something interesting you said earlier as well. You said you had a routine. You went for a run. You did your podcast. And sometimes that routine was really, really helpful because did your kind of writing warm up where you checked a few things, edited a few things. And sometimes it wasn't. So what did you do when it wasn't helpful? Oh, I also wrote about this because I was getting so frustrated. Like I know, you know, Aaron, who's my coach, and I talked to Aaron about it endlessly. Like I'm getting to the end of the day and I have no energy or like I can't get, you know, the creative juices to flow. This is so frustrating. Like I really want this to be a side project. I love to write. It came up in many, many sessions. And, you know, they had me do 50 different things to try like, you know, writing about where my energy was going and um, you know, thinking more of like trying to focus in on um, like certain objects or take some time out of the day every day to not meditate, but like really slow down, um, which is a major problem of mine. And although I don't know that that actually got me to the point where I was able to start writing more, which I still, I don't know that I'm even there yet. I did think I do think I got to the point where I got clarity on what was happening. And I realized like for me, one of the best times that writing really flows is when I'm in nature and when I'm out in nature for like really long periods of time by myself or with few other people, which is a huge part of my job. And I obviously was not able to do that job really for two years during the pandemic. And I also like travel a ton on my own and for work. And that just like being thrown out into the world with unknowns and weird interactions with people is I think what sparks a huge number of, of stories. That's so true. Yes. Yeah. I did a master class. Oh, I can't remember who the author was now. Uh, David same. Sedaris. Same girl, same. David Sedaris. <laughs> I did a David Sedaris master class and he was talking about this. Like, you know, he asked people random questions in public just to get inspiration for writing or like to hear, you know, what they think. And um, I was like, I'm just not in the world enough. Like, and obviously this is not kind of outside my control during. Right. COVID and it's a lot better now but <laughs> it's so true it's kind of why like a lot of people they have this thing with uber drivers they'll they'll just spark conversation with uber drivers to get their mind working um for me I try like going through age groups I'm like what was I doing when I was five <laughs> what were my stories then what was I doing when I was 10 uh and I feel like that kind of does it but sometimes it really doesn't but I mean good on you for understanding that this is where you needed help and I think that's been the, the theme that's been coming up with what you were saying even throughout when you earlier talked about you know you going to Columbia asking for that internship uh and then not getting it and then realizing okay what do I need to do to get here and then taking the courses that were recommended uh same thing here when there was a writer's block realizing okay well what I've been doing so far isn't working going to your coach Aaron Aaron Baker by the way was on this podcast episode two and three you go if you want to go check her out and so where does that attitude come from that's where a lot of content creators struggle like you know they they feel like they just have to do it all by themselves uh, or if they ask for help then it's not gonna it's there it's not for them what helps you ask for help that's a great question i don't know that i'm that good at asking for help i do think i'm not that good at accepting no when i want something (laughs) 
and when I think it is within my control. I also apparently, as I've learned through many conversations with Aaron as well, have a very, very large locus of control, uh, internal locus mm-hmm. of control. So I basically like think everything is solvable by me, um, which isn't necessarily a good thing. That sounds really arrogant the way I put it. It is really <laughs> blows back in my face. Yeah, it yeah. really blows back in my face plenty. <laughs> but like the first thought that comes is always like, how can I fix this? How can I do something about this? And I think I'm trying to think, you know, with asking for help, I do think taking on really big challenges in the last few years has helped me a lot in just getting to the point where I have no other choice. I don't think I'm that good at asking for help. Like, if you look at what sports I did in high school, I did swimming and running. How many other people do that with you? Zero. Um, wow. So, yeah. You know, I'm a very like independent and um, not that good for not that good at you know depending on other people. I'm very good at like turning inward and trying to figure it out myself. And I do think like to some extent, the pandemic has pushed me to get in touch a little bit more with when I'm having trouble and lean on other people. Like I think it has obviously pushed almost everybody a little bit to their limits of whatever limit they had. And, you know, it. I don't know. I think before that, I think I didn't think I had limits. I was like, yeah, yeah, just go, <laughs> keep going, keep going. And yeah, you can do it. it. One more thing. Who cares? One more yeah. day, one more hour. Yep there exactly yeah and once you hit it it's kind of like all right sink or swim gotta figure out something else and i've slowly been realizing thank you aaron that you know i can ask for help before i'm sinking i love that and one thing that really came up for me as you were saying that it felt all a lot like growth mindset you know i i didn't hear well this is not for me maybe i should stop it was all right well how do i fix it like, so has that, has that thought ever come to your mind? Like, you know, you've been blogging since ever, you've, since childhood, from what I understand, all throughout that writer's blog, all throughout writing through, has it ever been like, maybe I'm just not meant to blog? Maybe I shouldn't just be blogging? Has that ever come to you? Probably when I was writing my first few articles for this startup that, you know, I'd taken this course and like, I was, you know, I was very lucky that my high school put a really strong emphasis on writing. And so I was very lucky to be a quote unquote good writer in terms of, you know, good grammar, nice sentences. But what I was writing was incredibly dry and academic. And as we know, that's really very much not what goes in a blog. (laughs) I've had lots of conversations with other content creators about this, like coming out of college, you start writing and you're like, hence there to four, (laughs) according to Baker, citation page nine you know, cars I know. are the future um and no I was really like that that's <laughs> yeah, therefore, yeah. exactly <laughs> and you know the feedback from the people I was writing for was you know this is incredibly boring no one's going to read this on a blog and when I was previously blogging for myself I wasn't trying to inform anybody of everything of anything it was basically like a journal of my thoughts so it wasn't you know the same kind of work. There was no middle ground. I think, you know, with the first few, I was like, wow, I really suck. But, you know, also, I think like, I've always been someone who's super curious and loves to try new things. And like, I've always thought that there was some great power in doing things that you really, really suck at. I've also blogged about this. I love that. Um, So I was just like, all right, well, let's do that one. I remember reading. So yes, I love it. I love it. And this is so important, like for me to mention this again, despite you writing since childhood, uh, going to college political science where you wrote a lot more, uh, then coming out writing a lot, 12 articles in a day at times, you still had that moment of maybe I suck at this. Maybe I shouldn't do this. So I, and it, 
and it's just so normal for everyone to feel that way and i that's why i'm like pausing to make sure that everyone hears it like nobody ever feels like i got it all or all the time all the time like you know hey i got this this is this is for me it's, you will always have those moments of shit maybe i should quit and that's where you kind of have to push and push and push and like what's the actual problem you know so i love that you did that and i'm going to take a bit of a tangent here so i i know you earlier mentioned that you were a ghostwriter and i would love to dive deeper into that it tell us more about what does that look like first of all what is a ghostwriter for, for people listening and what does that look like what does that career look like i'm glad you brought that up because i was you were making me think of a time one of one of the people i was writing for thought something i wrote was like so out of left field and i was like well i actually don't know what, what this thing is that you're asking me to write about um oh. so yeah. that happened to me a lot um but that was one of the ones where i was like i tried so hard to understand what i was supposed to be writing about and i could not figure it out uh for the life of me so i wrote some like complete bullshit i still wrote something and they were like Brilliant. this is just not really correct <laughs> but anyway so ghostwriter is somebody who writes on behalf of someone else usually a public figure someone whose name is going to be a lot more recognized and obviously to some extent the idea is just kind of to like be their hands and their time that they may may well be able to like create that idea or they have the idea uh they don't have the time or they're not great writers or they don't have you know the mostly the time or writing ability to enunciate their ideas on paper it's how i started my career um which was really exciting to sometimes see my work although it wasn't under my name like yeah. in these big magazines i will say like my name was in techcrunch so that makes me feel a little better oh yay nice um, yeah yeah so i had my own column in techcrunch for a little while wow um, wow did did you apply for this like what did that look like is it is it like someone did you wake up and like all right i'm going to be a ghostwriter how did that happen so um so the ghostwriter thing came from this this place where i was able to stay in colombia so it was really kind of um part of my work there i started just doing research for them started like outlining articles and they would write them and then they taught me how to write as i said like owe them everything and that kind of blossomed into this really niche skill set of understanding these Latin American startups and helping them, you know, explain what they were doing in English. In the US, there's not a lot of native English speaking writers running around Latin America, especially like tech writers that also speak fluent Spanish. So I had like I realized like I kind of developed this very unique skill set. It was sort of by accident. It wasn't really a plan. that I had, but it turned out to be incredibly useful and actually when the startup went under, I was I had just gone to Chile back to Chile to visit some friends luckily this VC that I ended up working for was based in Chile I reached out to them I was still writing a bit but freelance part time I needed work and right away I was able to talk to a bunch of different startups that were like oh you speak English and Spanish and write and understand tech hi <laughs> we'd like to talk to you and I was like that's fantastic that's great so that's kind of how that started I can get into the tech crunch thing but yeah. I don't want to drone on. <laughs> no, no, I I love it. And would you say it was a good experience? Would you recommend it to people who are beginning their careers in blogging or really want to be bloggers? Is that something that you like what was that experience like for you? Would you recommend it to others? I'm not sure that I would recommend it to others, not because it was not because I regret it, but because it was extremely scary. Like mm. I I'm very lucky, I think that I, you know, come from a privileged background in which you know if i were to completely and entirely crash and burn like i would have a place to go home so i have always had that kind of backup plan <laughs> not the 
not plan A, obviously. But you know, when I went and did this startup, and then, you know, was writing, I was taking a huge risk, just like moving. And I just graduated from college, I had no money at all. I don't I think I drank one beer the whole time I lived in Colombia. I didn't have money. And I think it was just like, there's a lot of putting yourself out there and this that I think I kind of underestimate because that's kind of just how I am. I'm very outgoing and gregarious. And I think I also like writing for this for startups and starting to write a little bit more and getting critiques and understanding how writing with editors worked. I have a pretty thick skin about getting rejected, but you do have to, you know, really put yourself out there and like pitch yourself and be willing to be rejected or like try to do things that you've never done before. I remember like right when I arrived at this VC office, one of the startups tried to contract me to do their PR in Chile. And I was like, I have no contacts. I've never done PR. I literally created them a proposal about why I should not do it. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I just think there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of fear. So you have to be very aware of like how unstable and stressful it can be if it's going to be your main source of income. Because I I went through a lot of stress when, as well, obviously a part of it was the startup failing, but then like it wasn't my, it wasn't enough income for me for a really long time for me to live off of it. And like one of my, I think my rock bottom memory is running to a Chilean grocery store at about 8.30 PM, this thing's closing at nine to buy a Mr. Potato Head and some card, like some construction paper to decorate my room so that I was ready for my 4 a.m. interview to teach English to Chinese kids because I didn't know where else I was going to make money uh, because I didn't have any of these jobs lined up yet. And I think like there were some hard knocks. Like it was not, it was not like, oh, I was just writing my whole life. And then uh, (laughs) I had this great job and everyone, you know, wanted to hire me. That was very much not it. So I'm very realistic about it that like, I'm glad I did it. Would I tell other people to accidentally move to Chile to an apartment with a bunch of strangers and try to make it work with freelance writing? Probably not. (laughs) Right. No, totally, totally uh, get that. And thank you so much for being so vulnerable there and honest and really uh, letting people hear what some of those challenges were uh, as you went through a career in ghostwriting and I, I 100% believe you did learn a lot but you're, yeah it could be something like a side hustle or something on the side but it shouldn't Absolutely. be uh, a main line of income so that's that's super helpful and the the thing that I keep hearing is your persistence uh, your resilience you know how you're willing to just keep learning and I know earlier you mentioned that when you were blogging you had a lot of stuff and then you filtered it and then you decided not to filter it so I kind of want to take a bit of time kind of going into that a little bit because that's what happens to a lot of creators when they start. They want to create something and then they filter it out and then they post it. So what helped you get over that? Like, hey, this is this is the post. I don't need to filter it. I'm just going to post it the way it is. Before I say that, I just want to say like, I absolutely have nothing against teaching English online. I just, that was not the job that I was hoping to have. Yes, 100%. Um, <laughs> no, no, to- I did not get that at all from it I just want to clarify that yes you know nothing against it just I wanted to you know be a writer and work with startups and that wasn't that wasn't my plan going the way it was supposed to be going yeah you had to make Um, ends meet and I think that's what I got out of it that you were you were kind of letting us know that hey this wasn't my only job I had to do other jobs that's what I got and I hope the listeners get out of the best part (laughs) exactly exactly so in terms of like filtering I think you know, there's two layers to that for me. One of it is like, because I was writing under 
other people's names for a long time, I didn't have to worry as much about, you know, saying something controversial Mm. that would blow back on me because, you know, they were getting, they would receive the comments positive or negative, which also like has its drawbacks. It kind of, you know, obviously, you know, that tiny little like twinge, at least for me, who really likes to be recognized for my work, which most people I think do like that tiny twinge of like, ah, I wish they would, you know, write my name on there. But, you know, it kind of does help you realize like, oh, you know, I've written this controversial thing. Yes, a white man saying it. So maybe they'll be less criticized than me, but they've survived. So it's probably okay. I will say like, I don't know. So the other layer is like in my own personal writing for my own blog that comes out under Sophia Wood, I still feel really scared when I post stuff about my job or post stuff about like my outside work, you know, conservation work, working with indigenous communities, stuff like that. I think like it just feels very sensitive and vulnerable and scary to me and so actually like if you read I don't write that much about it or I try to kind of like distance myself from it and I have about 14 six word articles in medium right now that have titles about things that are in those topics that I open and I'm like can't do it yet and I'm not there yet I think like what I've had to learn is to have some compassion with myself about that and just say like you know what I'm gonna write about things that I feel comfortable with for now and that I feel confident about. And there will be a day that I feel confident enough to write this article and it will hang out here in, you know, until that time comes. And there's really no point in publishing something that really, I mean, it's fine to publish something that scares me, but there's no point in publishing something that I don't feel comfortable with right now. So I have kind of like pulled back a little bit there. Not, not to say I haven't posted some fiery stuff under my own name, but only about things where I'm like sure that either nobody knows enough to criticize me or probably won't care. Right. No. And I, and I love that, that your comfort level with, Hey, this is where I'm at right now and I'll, I'll take it in the future, but what can I do? What can I do with what stuff that I have? And I, and I love that. The other thing I wanted to ask is in terms of blogging and, you know, you blogging under your name now, creating content, what opportunities has that opened up for you? I would say before even my personal blog, one thing that I didn't really get into and probably like my biggest ever writing project is a website called Latim List, which was basically like what I founded or co-founded with the VC firm where I was working. Um, that was like kind of how I started working with them. And it was created to be like the Latin American tech crunch, basically. And that literally I, you know, wrote the first 350 articles on my own. They all came out under my name. Um, And that, you know, then we, we had help and actually the woman who's in charge of it now, like started as an intern with us and and she's super awesome. I'm really glad that it, the project has continued, but it grew a ton while, you know, while I was working there, it was two years that I did this project and I gained a ton of recognition from it like to this day so i really appreciate obviously like the opportunity for my boss as well to like elevate me he was really the one who you know helped us talk with TechCrunch and have this column for latin american tech news in TechCrunch that was monthly that i wrote and that was a huge opportunity obviously but i think just being you know running latin list co-founding it being the name behind it like people were sending me news people recognized my name my name was on, you know, the newsletter that was coming out every week. And literally, I still sometimes get like inbound about that. And, you know, we got blowback on some articles, like even some right. of them that came out under other people's names. Once we had other people working there, I would 
often be the person who received the comment because they knew I was in, you know, the editor. And I got yelled at once, um, like called and yelled at. And right. I'm like, ah, I just got this number <laughs> off the internet. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think starting from there, it, it was a huge, you know, that was, that was really the big, big, big opportunity that writing under my own name has given to me. And the medium blogging is still kind of like very small and new, but people seem to read it. People seem to like what I write. I wish I could dedicate a little bit more time to it, but I think it'll eventually go somewhere. It's one of those things like I think back to the beginning of Latimless, which felt so slow and so hard. And now, you know, there's thousands of visitors a week or a month on that website. Amazing. needed to just kind of like pile up. And that's the thing about content in general, right? Like some of it just flies. There's viral for a reason. And there's some that takes its time. You know, you can write or create a video or do an Instagram post maybe six months back and somehow it catches fire a lot later. You just have different followers. You have different people, different timelines. So yeah, I'm totally, I totally understand that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's kind of one of the things that always makes me like think about continuing to write that like the consistency is really what matters just continuing to publish it doesn't really matter who liked it it doesn't really matter who shared it it doesn't really matter who read it or like you don't even know who read it again like going back to Aaron I feel like they always talk about you know you never know who you were touching who needed to hear that and like two people reached out to me that I hadn't talked to in like five years after I posted one of my articles recently that was like a completely random article they were like, I really needed to read this today. Thanks so much for sharing, Sophia. And I was like, wow. oh, that's that's awesome. Like a few of the articles we wrote on Latin List went super, super viral, love it. which was very exciting. That has not yet happened with my medium. I'd love it to happen. <laughs> it will. I gotta keep posting. <laughs> exactly. It's, and it's, it's going to be the one that you least expected. <laughs> You're like, oh, this one's not going to. And then that's going to go viral. So it definitely will. 100% believe that. I've loved every part of this conversation. I think you've just completely talked about all your different careers. Uh, I loved hearing about ghostwriting. And before this, I thought it was a pretty cool gig. But I mean, I'm pretty sure it's still cool. But it's good to hear about the pros and cons of it, too. So it's kind of really important for everyone listening to understand, hey, someone can be doing a few things they might really love about it. And there are a few things that they, they will hate about it. So you have to get into whatever you want to get into knowing everything about it. Or be willing to see what comes your way with it. The other thing I really loved is you've been writing for such a long while and you constantly bring that back because you want to be in that space of this is this is something I love doing. And I think that shows in your blog posts and your medium posts. Like, you know, it just that this child, this, this like, not, not like calling you a child, but you know, you can see the fun yeah. and uh, the excitement uh, and the joy and even sometimes the sadness, like, you know, um, in your writing. I think that that definitely takes a lot of skill. So uh, before we get into our final question, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you online? Sure. My medium is Sophia R. Wood. So you can find me on medium is Sophia R. Wood. My Twitter is the same, obviously. Those are probably like the best places to follow me. If you're looking for specifically my writing, my Instagram is private and pretty boring. Just pictures of me traveling around South America. Sounds exciting. Yeah, if you want to keep up with um, my wild travels for work and otherwise, you can, I guess you can follow me at at Sofia underscore Madeira. And uh, yeah, I think those are the main places. Really, the Medium blog is is the place to be. Um, I think that's going to be the most, the most interesting. I love it. I love it. And as Sofia mentioned, she's written two articles on writer's block. So I know we touched upon that in this episode, but if you want to learn more, definitely go check it out. So 
Final question for you, Sophia. What's one piece of advice that you would give to Sophia who was coming back into the world of blogging and starting her blog again? Mm, that's a good question. Well, I was going to say, if you want if you want the child like me, you can go read The Knee Tree, <laughs> which I think is probably my favorite poem that I've written in a long time. Mm. I wrote by myself while hiking in the woods in, in Patagonia about a tree that looked like my knee. Um, <laughs> Let's see, advice for young or even just current me. Yeah. Uh, Struggling to keep getting into the world of of medium. Think about that one a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a tough one. You can give me, it could be one piece. It could be a couple of pieces of advice. Like, I mean. Yeah. I think one major one is like really just recognizing that all writing is not the same. Like it could be that, you know, I was able to write a hundred page thesis and then was able to write these articles for people which like you know on behalf of other people um which i found you know again a very educational and interesting experience despite my occasional desire to be recognized and like writing on my medium or writing personal pieces fictional pieces is just a very different ball game and not thinking that like or maybe not beating up on myself that because one of them came easily or came mm. easier the others should be the same so i think that's one of them like recognizing just because you know you can write something in one form doesn't mean that the next form is going to be easy like it's just like starting over again you have to be compassionate and patient and slow with yourself which like sophia hear that right now please and uh (laughs) i think also like looking for just the like pure joy of it has been one of the things that i try to come back to that I, i really struggle with i think maybe just like sitting in front of a computer maybe makes me feel a little bit of like unhappy pressure because like i think the the modern iteration of my childhood ridiculous rhyming poetry is like my favorite thing to do while i'm working in the field is to write ridiculous sonnets about things that are pissing me off which are usually about like mosquitoes rain invasive species Um, i work in conservation (laughs) um and like that is so much fun like i don't feel like that's work i don't feel like that's writing it's super ridiculous and there's no like reason for it and that i think that's like probably healthy compared to what i like put a lot of pressure on like you're gonna make money or you're gonna be famous or people are gonna care and like when it comes down to it i just have to remember that like i love to write and it's super fun i actually enter like fiction writing competitions just ooh, just because of that because i'm like i need you know three prompts and i'm gonna write the wildest thing that comes into my mind i love that i love that piece of advice it's just doing it for the love of it and not going after oh fame or virality or what will people think it's because at the end of the day from my understanding at least from my experience of content creation there are a lot more bad days than good days in general. And to put up with that, you can't be going after the money. At least that's what I've realized. It's like to put up with that, you must really love this, you know? Yeah. So 100% also, would do like, there. Sorry? I struggle, I struggle so much with the like publish every day versus work and polish and, and like work on something really nice and fancy because um, there's benefits to both you can't just like sit on an egg forever and hope that this beautiful little polished thing is going to come out to some extent i think that like that's that's the top that's the the thick skin thing that like if you're going to be putting stuff out there it's it's a tiny piece of your soul always even if you feel you can be separate from it it is yours and someone's gonna have something to say about it or at least someone could say something about it and you have to be ready 
to like let it blow over or edit it or do whatever you were going to do, but like not take it personally. 100%. And the other part of that is like, you're right. It is a part of you that you're putting out there. There might be people who have something to say about it, or there might be like crickets. No one says anything about it. That hurts as much, right? For me, it's just like, all right, well, that sucks. (laughs) Like, you know, so I mean, that's just a reality of it. And, And then you get a few posts in where there's like 19 to 25 comments and you're like, Ooh, okay. So just like, it's, it's going back to that a lot more bad days and good days and people coming into this, you must really love it. Like you must love the process of it and not go after the virality and the fame and the money. So yeah, love absolutely. that. My absolutely best articles that. have all come out of that attitude of just like, this seems fun. This seems like a place where I can add value or where I can explore something deeper or like this seems exciting to write. So I was going to say like last thing, you know, one of the blogs on my medium is about you inspiring me Uh, to, you know, do like more writing just for the fun of it and, you know, trying to make it fun again, like almost some extent, like engineer the fun when it doesn't seem that fun. I know you create way more content than I do, but I definitely was especially like, you know, depths of pandemic kind of like where, you know, I'm just scraping the bottom of an empty water cup here, like trying to put something out there and there's nothing there. I will say I did buy myself a lot of new clothes based on your system. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, thank you for mentioning that. And I I do remember reading the article and I was, uh, I was honestly taken back. I was like, oh my God, this, this feels amazing that someone heard it was Aaron's podcast, uh, Shift Starters, and they were inspired. And, you know, it's just, it's so nice to hear that. And you're right. It's kind of what I apply. And I mean, we've been trying to get on this podcast for a bit and you know that you've been very patient with me. And it's one of those things where, if I wasn't having fun with all of this, with my current schedule, I wouldn't be doing it. Like, you know, it's just, I have, even this conversation, I had so much fun. Like, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with, you kind of don't have to give a fuck when you mess up. <laughs> like, you know, you kind of have to be in the like, oh, I fucked up. They probably think I'm shit, but who cares? Let them think I'm shit. Like, you know, because at the end of the day, I still get my weekly podcast done. At the end of the day, I still get posts on Instagram done. I still get posts on LinkedIn done. So I just feel like the master and disaster thing, this really helps me. It's you're going to be more of a disaster than the master and being so okay with it. It also allows me to have fun. Again, do I know if I'm a great podcast host? I think I am. <laughs> but people can think can think differently and that's okay. So it's they don't going have back to listen. To <laughs> exactly. You just put the earplugs in like, fuck off. I got this. I'm doing this. And it's kind of for me, I don't know if this happens to you, but just kind of for me, I always think it'd be so cool to listen to this in five years, see where I am or see where the guest is. Like, you know, and I plan to totally do that. Like, you know, five years of like before and after, like, you know, so no pressure, you know. (laughs) Uh, I hope to be a medium millionaire by then. You will be. You will be. (laughs) Um, I'll take some of the profits, but you know, we'll we'll talk, we'll we'll talk through details. Excellent. Perfect. Glad I have an agent already. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on here. Thank you so much for bringing all of you. Thank you so much for being so honest about all your different experiences. For everyone listening, if you are a writer, if you want to learn more about writer's block, if you want to learn about how to go through different experiences as you're a writer, please listen to this episode. If you were inspired, share this episode with your friends and definitely check out Sophia's blog. Uh, Hint, the one that I was in, that's even better. But if not, definitely check out her Medium blog. 
She writes with passion, joy, and emotion, and I've absolutely loved it. So thank you again for being on here, Sophia. And thank you for everyone else. I will see you next week. And like I say always, you got this beautiful. Well, beautiful, it is my hope that this podcast has inspired you to create your own podcast. Remember, you don't have to quit your 95 to do it. And if you found value in this podcast, you're going to love my free training video on how you can get started today. DM me the word Ficey Chai on LinkedIn and I'll send it over to you. Until then, lots of love from your favorite. You got this beautiful.